0: Hello, and welcome into the Friday, November 15th, 2019 edition of the Daily Blues podcast here on 101ESPN.com. Dan Betlock with you. Excited to bring you today's podcast. That's for sure. We have a lot to get to. Uh, we'll hear from Mike Johnson of the NHL Network. J.K. John Kelly sat down with Craig Berube for the Behind the Bench show last night. We'll replay the interview for you today as well. Jamie Rivers and Joey Vitale also on 101 ESPN today, kind of breaking down uh, what's wrong with the Blues. There's not really what's wrong with the Blues, but some of the issues that they could shore up, and um, some of the players that could need, or some of the players that need to step up as well, in the wake of some of this sco- lack of scoring that the Blues have seen recently. Blues are in Columbus tonight to take on the Blue Jackets, so we'll get you all squared away for that game. Again, that game tonight on 101 ESPN. Early start, 6 p.m. puck drop. We'll be on with the pregame show at 5 on 101 ESPN. So, Blues, Blue Jackets tonight. Blue Jackets at 6, 8, and 4, 16 points from Nationwide Arena. Of course, the Blues beat the Blue Jackets just here a couple weeks ago in overtime, thanks to David Perron.
1: Pay overtime. Blues win the draw. They quickly get the zone. Petrangelo brings it in. Goes to the far wing. Perron shoots, he scores! David Perron wins it in overtime! Eight seconds in!
0: So those two teams meet tonight at the at nationwide arena. All right, let's get into Mike Johnson of the NHL Network. He was on with the fast lane yesterday. A lot of good things to say about where this Blues team is where they're going, and kind of the expectations of them moving forward. And Brad Thompson started by asking him where this Blues team currently is in his eyes right now.
2: Maybe we know what their baseline is, and their baseline is pretty darn good. Yeah, it is. Because, you know, this is not them at their very best. Tarasenko likely done for the whole year, and maybe they're able to use that cap space to acquire a player at the deadline to add him to the mix, plus Tarasenko whenever he gets healthy for hopefully another long playoff run. So uh, maybe you don't know exactly who they are, but a lot of teams have injuries, But what you know with St. Louis, the best news for St. Louis is that, number one, Jordan Binnington is real. I mean, if there's ever a concern about, you know, could he be one of these goalies that jump up and have a great run, have a great year, and then disappear very quickly. And there's, you know, there's several throughout the years of of hockey that that's happened to. It doesn't look like he's going to be that. His numbers may not be quite as ridiculous as last year, but they're still pretty good and that's one question answered the other one would be can they play as hard will they play as hard for craig berube after having grinded in a tough physical system all the way through to make the playoff to win a stanley cup it would be easy to just kind of take a five percent incremental step back and just your intensity or your emotional engagement and that would probably be enough to to not make them so successful it doesn't look like that's happening either and so even without a couple of significant pieces uh, they're still figuring out ways to get it done and and that's very much a positive.
1: You mentioned acquiring somebody if they get the cap space back. how do, do you think it would be possible or even likely they would do something
2: like that? Um, well, I mean, with Terrasenko's um, with Terrasenko's contract, you if it goes all the way to beyond the regular season, then it's basically just straight space. So, you, as long as it's an expiring contract, you could add up to what does Tarasenko make? $7.5 million. You can add a $7.5 million player so long as Tarasenko doesn't play any regular season games. Kind of like Chicago did a couple of years ago. Patrick Kane got hurt. Uh, they went out and acquired Antoine Vermette for $5 million, taking some of Patrick Kane's available money, and then Kane came back and played in the playoffs, and I think they actually won a Stanley Cup that year. So, um, as long as you're willing to trade prospects or picks and Tarasenko doesn't play in the regular season, which it's going to be right around the regular season when he's healthy, then you could fill in, you could, you could go get Taylor Hall if you wanted to. You could go get anybody as long as you're willing to give up the price to get him, and he doesn't make more than Tarasenko does right now, and he's on an expiring contract.
1: The emotions and the experience of making an NHL debut, because that's going to be Clem Costin. He's been recalled 20 years old, highly talented. What is Clem in for? I mean, what, what were the emotions when you first made your debut? What were the expectations? How did the game change for you?
2: um yeah we've heard about him for a while haven't we um so i mean i think everyone has a pretty unique perspective on how they approach their first game klim would be a guy that expects to get in the nhl he's probably surprised it's taken this long he probably wants expects to be really good when he gets there when i my first game i was fresh out of college i was not drafted so i played a college game on friday night i signed as a free agent on saturday and i played on sunday and i remember it was larry murphy Hall of Famer defenseman Larry Murphy, who, you know, I was from Toronto. I was playing for the Leafs. You know, I'd grown up six years prior in high school watching him play, and he came up to me, didn't know me at all, no previous relationship, and just said, "Uh, hey, kid, whatever you did to get here, just do that, and you'll be fine. And it had such a calming effect on me. And it's such a great message that you don't have to become something completely different. You don't have to play a different way. You're there for a reason. They brought you up. They signed you, whatever it is. Klim's in the NHL because he plays a certain way. Just be yourself. It's going to be harder. It's going to be faster. It's going to be more physical. But you're there for a reason. Be who you are, and you'll be just fine. And I think that would be the advice I'd give to him. There'll be nerves. There'll be excitement. And um, But he's a talented guy. And for him, it's just a it's just the first of many, you know, he can get his first game and then maybe find a role and find a spot and and, and never go back because, um, you know, he's a very talented player.
1: Regarding Justin Falk, and this is a two-part question, uh, one of them is how does he look to you so far with the Blues? And secondly, how long would that adjustment period take Mm -hmm. for somebody who really is, I mean, he's the only guy on this team, with the exception of Costin now getting called up, but... He's the only guy who is starting on this team that wasn't here last year.
2: Yeah, um, I I think he's been okay. I mean, I think, you know, he's very much a guy who puts up a lot of points or has previously in his career on the power play. So depending on his power play usage and his power play production, his numbers might not look as good as, you know, where's the 16, 17 goal-scoring defenseman. But if he's not scoring on the power play, then he's not scoring as much, period. And I think in St. Louis where such a focus is on defensive play and structure and, and, and managing the puck and managing your mistakes, he's probably trying to take some risk out of his game and just be solid and steady. And I thought he's done a he's done a pretty good job of that. I mean, I I never felt you know, I was traded well, three times. I played for five different teams. I don't know. I mean, to me, hockey was always hockey, and it didn't take that long to, to grasp a new system. There's only so many ways you can play the game. So after a couple weeks... I always felt, yeah, you're pretty much 95% caught up on everything you need to do. Then it's just going out and playing and getting comfortable and confident. So I think he's been fine. Um, and I think, you know, with Petro playing so, so well, uh, the right shot defenseman Falk maybe just takes he's taking a bit of a backseat to the, to the performance and production of the captain, which is not a bad thing.
0: Yeah, Mike Johnson of the NHL Network right there. And you can certainly make the argument the Blues could use a lot more offense from Justin Falk. That was kind of, I thought, one of the reasons why they brought him over. Um, his offensive prowess, that's for sure. He's been known for a power play specialist throughout his years at Carolina. So far, that has yet to see the same success that he saw in Carolina offensively. He's Getting some assists, sure, but uh, the Blues right now could be using a lot more goals from their back end, too, uh, especially from Colton Pareco, Vince Dunn as well. Uh, seems like it's been the Alex Petrangelo show from the back end in terms of getting points for the Blues. Okay, so out of Mike Johnson, we'll get into Joy Vitali, who was on with the Brittany Nicholas show today. Uh, yesterday, the podcast was dubbed Cost and Mania. And we're trying to figure out if he's going to get in one of these games or both of these games this weekend. We'll know in a, few, in a, in a little bit here. But Joey was on with uh, Bernie this morning on 101 ESPN, the Bernie Miklas show, talking all things blues. And they started with, of course, Clem Coston. And Bernie asked him, "Is what kind of call-up is this? Is this just kind of a taste, or is this more of a long-term uh, call-up for Clem Coston? Here's Joey's answer.
3: First of all, you're going you're gonna to give him a cookie. You want to show him that he's uh, the number one call-up. And and you put yourself in Clem Coston's shoes just for a second here. You know, he's down in the American League. He's down grinding it out, right on the bus, and all You're waiting for your opportunity. You see that they have 12 forwards, and you're getting a little antsy. And all of a sudden, what does Doug Armstrong do? He signs two veterans to PTO tryouts with Troy Breyer, Troy Breyer, excuse me, and Jamie Benn. Um, so, oh, Jamie McGinn, excuse me. I'm doing the word thing again with you as well. <laughs> so, um, it's one of those situations where, you know, for Clint Costin, a young kid, he's down in the American League and he sees these new PTOs, and then he starts thinking, like, oh, come on, give me a break. You know what I mean? Like, like I was right there, I'm knocking at the doorstep, and now you're going to go out and sign these two guys. So, I think to answer your question, first and foremost, I think it is to say, hey, yes, we got these guys on a PTO but." We're also, we find you very valuable down there. You will be our first call up in here. We're just going to prove it by calling you up here on this back-to-back. So that's number one, to give them a little good incentive. Number two is I think they could actually use him. You know what I mean? I think <clears throat> look for De La Rose here tonight. Unless De La Rose, in my opinion, has a very, very strong game and that third line looks very solid, I could see Clem Costin sliding into that third line role just fine. I think the one, two, and four lines are very really- but I think that third line with the new addition of De La Rose, I think they're kind of feeling him out. He's had two games. He's been pretty good, but nothing spectacular where you guys say, hey, he's got to stay in the lineup. The third line's been fantastic. So I think tomorrow, uh, given how De La Rose does tonight and his third line looks, you're playing Anaheim at home. It's a back-to-back situation. It could be a great situation for a young kid like Clem Costin to come in on home ice which new guys always feel a little bit more comfortable on home ice. They spent camp there, opposed to maybe being out on the road for his NHL debut. So you never know. I mean, yes, you're giving him a little bit of cookie. You're giving him some incentive, but also at the same time, you might be able to use him here tomorrow night.
0: Give us a scouting report on Costin. Like uh, when 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 he emerges, when he finally gets to where he where you know where he's going to be part of this. Uh, w- what can we expect from him? I'm not talking about goals and assists. I'm just talking about style of play, attributes, things he needs to work on.
3: Well, I think of play is an interesting one you bring up because Clem Kossen is a uh, a goal scorer in the American League. He scored goals at World Junior level. He scored goals growing up. Uh, he has a great release, a great shot, and he can put it in a very, very tight spot. So that's what he can do as far as scoring goals. But to style of play, to answer your question, Bernie, it's always an interesting one when you have goal scorers like Clem coming into the National Hockey League, you're coming to the best league in the world. Sometimes you need to understand that you're not going to get a top – you know role. You may have to slide in on that third line spot. You may need to slide in on the fourth line to get things going and you know, you're not going to score 20 goals playing on the fourth line. That's something a lot of young players uh, need to understand and learn as they get to the National Hockey League. You've got to kind of re-identify yourself and kind of reestablish what your identity is in order to survive and, and, and stay in the National Hockey League. So for Clint Costin, yes, the, the scoring ability is certainly there in the preseason. He has some terrific goals, but first and foremost, his foundation as a player is that he's a hard worker he's a big body he's physical he gets in on the forecheck and those are all the things he can do very well and those are the things he needs to really understand that that is your foundation that is what you have to do every single shift in order to stay on these third and fourth lines now if you earn the coach's trust over time and injuries happen that's when you may slide up to the second line maybe you will get a sniff on the first line if robert thomas uh, game drops off a little bit. Those are the opportunities that will come, but first and foremost, you have to understand you got to get to what your game is essentially the foundation of it is, which is a physical, gritty, hard game, good in front of the net, and Clem Costin has proven to do all those things in this preseason. Now, Bernie, I thought he was the most noticeable forward in, in preseason by far this year than any other forward out there, so for Clem, I think it's very important that he just understands what that game looks like and gets to it on a consistent basis, and the other thing is We've all seen with call-ups and guys that have traded, uh, got here through the deadline under Craig Ruby, you better know how to defend. You better take pride in the defensive zone. You better backtrack. You better back check all the way to the neutral zone. You better stop in the house. You better have good foundations, especially for a young player trying to earn trust. You better do all those things, the small things, all those fundamentals in the defensive zone. You better defend, and you better know – that when you step over the boards, you may not score, but you do not want to get scored on again. So that's really important for a young player to understand. And I think Clem has the ability to do that. He's um, uh, We mentioned all the hockey stuff. He's a good kid. He's a quiet kid. He kind of reminds you of that Russian from Rocky, the boxer. I forget his name off the top of my head. But he's kind of like a serious kind of uh, personality, but he's got a little jam to his personality, and I think I think he can fit in very well to the style of the Craig
0: Ruby's trying to go after. Great analysis there from Joy Vitale, the Blues color man for the radio broadcast, which you can catch- on 101 ESPN. Clem does have a lot of jam to his game. You heard Joy talk about it. There's uh, a lot to like with the big body that he has. We saw that on display. We saw the good and bad with Clem Coston on display in, in training camp. He took some penalties. I mentioned that yesterday. He's got speed. He's good down low. Slick passer as well. It's still only 20 years old, so a lot of room to grow for Clem Coston as maybe he'll make his debut tonight for the St. Louis Blues. All right, let's get into some more Clem and other Blues topics with Jamie Rivers. He was out today on the Stalter and Rivers Show, but he joined as a guest in the earlier portions of the show with Anthony and Alex Ferrario filling in. And Jamie leads off with talking about how he would not hate if Clem doesn't see action in tonight's game.
4: Yeah, so look, I uh, if, if Clem Coston doesn't get... The, the tap on the shoulder for tonight. I actually don't hate the idea. It's always interesting for a young guy to come in, and sometimes overwhelming. You know, there's reports yesterday of Klim Cost, you know, smiling ear to ear, can't believe he's in the NHL. There's that big, like, oh, my God, I'm here moment. Maybe this gives him a nice day to settle in, uh, gives him a, a bird's-eye view to watch the game, watch how guys prepare for the game. Just you'll get an overall feel for it before you throw him in the deep end. Um, but I, I think we will see him against Anaheim tomorrow night, and just because it's back-to-back, you give somebody a break, and you also have last change tomorrow night, where mm-hmm. if you don't like the matchup that Anaheim's throwing at Clem Kostin you can you know change it and get the right guys up there, and then make sure that you're setting your young guy up for success, especially in his home debut. So, you know, I guess time will tell on that, but so the Blues overall, this Columbus Blue Jackets team, they, uh, they're they a thorn in the side. They just are. They lost all their star power from last year as far as the flashy guys. The Panarin's are gone. The Bobrovskis are gone. Matt shane has gone. Uh, Ryan Dezingle's gone. So they've left with a lot of blue-collar guys. Now, that doesn't mean they don't have talent. They do. But they're a team that is going to beat you by working really hard. And that's kind of what John Tortorella preaches, which – Let's be honest, guys, that's not any different than what Craig Berube is preaching. And, it, and, Alex, you know this, too, that every time the Blues play the Blue Jackets, no matter who's placed where in the league, it's always a hard-fought game. And you can never count these guys out. And if you turn your back for a minute, uh, they're going to catch you, and they're going to score or they're going to you know, increase the lead. Now, uh, I believe their are captain. Uh, Nick Foligno is out suspended. Mm-hmm. He had a little head contact uh, in a game, I think the last game they played. So looks like they'll be missing him for a couple games. Uh, that might make a difference. But, you know, overall, that's a hardworking team that the Blues are going to have to really be ready for.
0: Rives take me inside the locker room in this situation and I want to go back to the Clem Costin conversation as a veteran when you see a rookie in the locker room who's got high expectations what does a group of veterans say to a kid like that when he could be getting in his first game
4: the first thing you do is you always come over and you kind of you buzz the tower a little bit right you give him a handshake and you know just make him feel good make fun of him a little bit just kind of relax him let him know that he's one of the guys and that You know, he doesn't have to sit there and sit on his hands or not speak to anybody, but to be a part of the group. And then you make sure that he's got everything he needs. Uh, You know, do you need your skate sharpened, this, that, the other? If you need the stick rooms over there, you you just help them get acclimated quickly. And, And then after that, your only advice that I've ever given young guys is you've played this game your whole life. You've played this game so well that you just got called up. So just do what you do. You know, Don't try to be anything you're not. Get out early. Try to get a shot on net early or get a hit early. It always makes you feel like you're more in the game at that point. And then I always tell them to relax, have fun, enjoy the moment.
2: If Jamie Rivers is out there
1: and you're facing oh, right. Klim Koston, what are you saying that uh, you can say on radio? Uh,
4: what do you well, say to the youngster? Honestly, okay, if, if we're going inside uh, the mind of Jamie Rivers, the, the first – the first shift I get out there against him, I'm going to be like a shark in the weeds. And I'm waiting. And as soon as he touches the puck, I'm going to try and welcome him to the <laughs> NHL. <laughs> um, you know, you want, to, you want to make your mark on a young guy like that. I would know from reading the scouting reports back in the day, but now with everything at players' disposal with video and all that, I'd, I would certainly know that Clem Costin's a big guy, that he handles the puck well, that he has a heck of a shot. I'd want to make sure that I have a good gap on him, stick on the puck the whole time, and just frustrate him. And every time something goes wrong, bad pass, you know, falls down, misses the net, I'd be right in his ear chirping him about it. Be like, yeah, that's why your stay here won't be for very long. We'll
2: back. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> enjoy <laughs> enjoy that steak yeah. steak mignon when you can, kid.
4: Yeah, in, enjoy the chartered flight, because you'll be back on the bus by Wednesday, really? you know, like, uh, but that's just, you know, you're doing that on purpose, certainly, because you want to make him uncomfortable. You want to get him off his game. You know a guy like Clem Costin. I would know that if I give this kid any breathing room, he can make you look really bad in a hurry, too. And so, you know, but the Blues have, have some guys that'll that'll stick up for him. I don't mean, like, fighting. Just they'll help him out. And trust me, Clem Costin mm-hmm. can handle himself just fine. yep And... If the rough stuff gets going with him, uh, I have no doubt that he'll be able to handle it.
0: Hey, Reeves, uh offense right now is the main topic for the St. Louis Blues, meaning that they're just not getting enough goals. Uh, Sunquist said after the last game that there's not enough traffic in front of the net. As a defenseman, can they do anything else to try and create a little more offense, or do you think that's more on the forwards to try and create more screens in front of the goaltender?
4: Well, look, the D have to do a better job of changing the shot lane that finding a way to get pucks to the net. I've you know, been noticing a lot of missed shots lately coming from the blue line, whether they're deflected, blocked, or even just missing flat out. You have to try and eliminate that. You want to make sure you put as many pucks on target as you can. That way there rebounds, deflections. It can even hit your own guy and go in. Um, so, yeah, you want to do that, but then you also want to support the attack. You know, Alex Petrangelo has kind of been a one-man gang, at doing that this year where he's joining every rush possible and he's doing it a very intelligent way. Uh, Colton Pareko got his first goal the other night by finally, you know, jumping in the rush as a support guy gets the puck and he shoots the puck as well as anybody in the (laughs) NHL and he fires one home. But I think that the blues overall from the defenseman standpoint can do a better job of supporting the rush and adding an element from the blue line that way. And the forwards look. Whenever you're not scoring goals, the key is to simplify, not get complicated. And I, I find that even, no matter what, as a player, you always want to look for a bigger, better play when things aren't going right. You start to doubt simplicity at times. And the best way to counter what the Blues are going through—not that they're, you know, putting up zeros or anything—but if they want to increase some of that offensive production. Get pucks to the dirty areas and get bodies to the dirty areas. You know, Hits used to say funnel pucks to the net. Well, I understand Craig Groovy's philosophy is you know, looking for quality over quantity, which is fine. But if you're going to do that, you have to funnel bodies to the net and make sure that you're getting traffic in front of the goaltender at all times, causing a disruption. And, hey, you go to the front of the net, their D have to follow you there and battle you. That's two guys now that are impeding the goaltender's vision or creating some kind of a rebound or deflection. It creates chaos.
0: Yeah, Blues certainly need to find a way to get more bodies toward the front of the net, getting uh, make it more difficult for the opposing goaltender to see pucks the dirty areas. How many times have we talked about that when the Blues lack scoring? It's the lack of getting into the dirty areas. That's where goals come from. That's where you're rewarded for your hard work. And we all know that this Blues team, when they're playing at their best, they're working hard. And um, we see that in spurts. We haven't seen that for for sure for a full 60 minutes. So it's finding that consistency for full periods, or excuse me, for full games moving forward for the St. Louis Blues. And, again, the scoring – and maybe Clem can help that with getting more big bodies in front of the net. But it has to start with getting those bodies, making it more difficult for the opposing goaltender to see uh, shots coming through. And I think that was kind of the issue against Arizona. Blues had a lot of attempts at the net, but Kemper was able to make a lot of saves, a lot of good saves as well. And that comes into out trying to outwork the opponent, getting into better positioning, uh, getting into those sh- shooting lanes, disrupting Kemper's view. Not really, didn't do a very good job of that dinner night, as I think Kemper played great, don't get me wrong, but Blues also made it a little easier on him as well. So good good news from that is they are generating shots, quality shots toward the net. Just getting those extra bodies in front of the opposing goaltender is going to help. Okay, moving on with uh, Craig Berube. He sat down with John Kelly last night for the uh, behind the bench with John Kelly, which airs uh, normally Thursdays from 6 to 7, right here on 101 ESPN. But uh, J.K. touched on a lot of topics, including Clem Costin, the PTO tryout guys, kind of where Columbus is as well. So here's J.K. from last night's show uh, with Craig Berube.
1: A fantastic road trip. You won all four games out west. Coming home, you got the one point. Obviously, you'd like two, but all in all, a pretty good run now at 7-0-1.
5: Yeah, real good. <clears throat> you know, we've um, been playing good hockey. Uh, you know, the games are all close and tight, overtimes, um, you know, things like that. But that's that's what you got to expect in this league know um, there's so much parity. every game's going to be tough and it's going to be tight um, you know just like the other night against Arizona I thought it was uh, you know we played a we played a good game just didn't get enough goals you know in the end that's all it is and their goalie played a heck of a game you got to you know give them credit
1: coach you talk a lot about you know energy coming off a of Stanley Cup a short summer this month is very busy with four back-to-backs including one this weekend are you happy with the energy level of your hockey team
5: yeah so far I think it's good. Um, Like I said, we've been we've been managing it pretty well, I think, with um, ice times during games and then practices and non-practices and things like that. So our guys seem pretty energized. They seem uh, good coming to the rink and ready to go.
1: Coach, uh, the other night you coached in your 82nd game with the St. Louis Blues in that loss. Your record in 82 games, of course, is a full season. 50-22 and 10, 110 points. I guess you'd take that 82-game run Every year, wouldn't you?
5: I would definitely take that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good year for uh, for a team, you know. I mean, it is what it is. We got a good hockey team here, you know, and uh, just got to keep pushing. Like, you know, we talked today. We can't take our foot off the gas pedal here. You know, we got two big games this weekend again, and and you know they're going to be hard games.
1: Obviously, the team is having a great start. Not to be, you know, nitpicky, but your club had been outshot in eight straight and under thirty shots for eight straight. Does that does that bother you at all? I know you outshot Arizona the other night, or are, are shots a bit overrated.
5: Well it can be overrated. I mean we look at shot quality more than shot you know shots in general Um, we try to upgrade our shots um, instead of wasting shots we rather keep puck possession Um, so that's kind of how we look at it that's how we uh, talk to our team about things Uh, we want we want quality over quantity Um, and the other side of things um, I like the way we defended against Arizona I'd like to see our shots come down a bit I think they're on their way down, I think we're doing a better job, but we've got to continue to do that. Um, I'd like to be, you know, at the. I'd like to be at the end of the year. I'd like to be in a top, top part of the league of shots against.
1: Coach, obviously another overtime game for the Blues. You lead the league in that department. Has the philosophy of teams changed when it comes to three on three? It seemed like when it first came in a few years ago, it was just rush, chance, odd man rush after odd man rush, and now it's. It seems like it's more of a possession game. You see players coming back to center ice and things like that.
5: Well, we tend to do that. We want to do that. We want to keep the puck possession. And again, we want to upgrade our chance. Um, we want to make sure it's a quality chance. Um, you got to be careful just getting rid of the puck off of a shot because, you know, you get caught with two guys, they're gone the other way. Um, we, want to, we want to keep that puck and keep possession of it.
1: Coach, obviously some news has transpired this week. The Blues announcing uh, the other day that They are extending a 10-day PTO, a professional tryout, to veterans Troy Brower. He's 34, the former Blue, over 800 NHL games. And also to 31-year-old Jamie McGinn, who's played over 615 NHL games. Uh, They were in practice earlier today. They've been with the club now for a few days. How have Brower and McGinn looked so far?
5: Yeah, they've looked fine. Um, you know, they're good NHL players. Uh, they played in the in league, you know, for some time for sure. So it's uh, – we with the injuries we have, we thought about uh, looking at two guys and seeing where, how they look and, and where their pace is at because it's, it, it's not a bad idea to add a veteran. You know, they're good players. They know how to win. They know how to play.
1: What do you think is the biggest challenge for players like Brouwer and McGinn to come in here in midseason to try to – really make the hockey team
5: well they don't get games you know that's the thing like it's only practice but it's just about looking at their pace and how they're how they look out there and how they're transitioning you know with the puck and their movement and the skating so they've been pretty good for me uh, yeah i've liked what i've saw so so far
1: so will it take the full 10 days to evaluate and make a decision
5: yeah we'll take our time with it like there's no rush right now so we'll take our time with it and make sure that uh, we're making the right decision
1: coach the other the roster move the Blues announced, uh, recalling former first rounder Clem Costin, the Russian drafted uh, with the last pick in 2017. So far this year, in 14 games in San Antonio, uh, three goals and eight points. How has Costin looked so far in practice?
5: Yeah, good. He's a big, strong guy. You know, he can skate and shoot a puck. Like he, he's got a lot of ability. He's, and uh, you know, we love his size and his aggressiveness. So he might get a game this weekend. We'll see. We brought him up just uh, we don't have any extra forwards that can go in there and play if we need it so we thought it'd be a good idea to get him up here and we'll see if we can get him in a game this weekend.
1: Coach uh, he had a very good training camp. What impressed you the most about the games he did play in camp?
5: Again it's his size and his—you know he's a big guy that can move um, strong, you know he's physical, uh, he's a power forward is what he is and that's what we like
1: Again we're talking to head coach Craig Berube here on Behind the Bench on 101 ESPN. Coach let's look back at the last couple of games. Saturday in Calgary the Blues win their 7th in a row in overtime, 3-2 as the Blues get the winner from David Prawn. up 2 nothing after 2 against the Calgary club that's had a very good start. You had to like the first two periods in particular.
5: Yeah, I liked the whole game to be honest. I thought we got a bad break on the second goal. You know, come off the board's funny but, you know, we were in control of that game. I thought uh, things were going well. Um, you know, I liked our pace in that game. I thought that, uh, you know, the final game on the road trip we had good jump in that game, good energy. I thought we controlled most of the game. uh, Against a good team. So uh, overall, I liked our game and we ended up finishing off, uh, you know, on a power play goal in overtime.
1: Coach, uh, a lot of people have asked why this team is so good on the road. And of course, it carried over last year into the Stanley Cup playoffs when you went 10 and 3. Do you think your team is really built specifically for the road?
5: Well, we're a big team. We're a heavy team. We grind it out. So that is a good road team. Um, I think that we just simplify it uh, on the road more than we do at home. I really do. I think that we just play a maybe a, a smarter game um, at home. You can tend to want to be a little bit more cute and do things on a, on a you know in a different way. Um, you know, in saying that, we played pretty good at home too this year. So, um, but I think our teams, you know, we're not afraid to go on the road and play a grinding style of a game and grind out a win.
1: You mentioned that the Blues have been good in overtime. David Perron again got the winner. It, it looks like he has just developed almost instant chemistry with O'Reilly in the last, you know, quarter of the season?
5: Well, I think it goes back to last year. They had good chemistry, you know, obviously in the playoffs and things like that. Uh, You know, if you watch them close, they do everything together on the ice and practice and um, you know, that goes a long way. They just they really feed off each other and um, complement each other very well.
1: After the game in Calgary, the Blues, of course, coming home for one and that shootout loss to Arizona on Tuesday as the Blues had a lead in that game in Arizona tied into the third one in the shoot-up but overall coach you were happy with the uh, the 65-minute effort
5: Oh, definitely I think you know we had control of that game um, you know we had a lot of good opportunities to score we had, you know we, we got to start um, getting that next goal I think that's gonna go a long way we're up 2 one make it 3-1 probably win the game we got to do a better job of trying to get that next goal maybe be a little bit more aggressive uh, more of that kind of mindset um, you know in saying that though we had a lot of chances their goalie played well over time we made a dumb play took a penalty That's an uncostly penalty it's not a good smart play by us Um, you know we're lucky to get out of that killing that off and then you know you get into a shootout and whatever
1: yeah anything can happen right
5: yeah anything can happen so <laughs> uh
1: the captain is off to a great start as as you know he had an assist on the the Schwartz goal now with 17 points so far this season um you've only been here a few years as an assistant coach and now the head coach has, has he ever played better and, and what is he doing so well right now
5: I well, he's played he played pretty well in the playoffs last year <laughs> but um he just moving the puck, and, and just his anticipation is maybe the best in the league that I've seen. You know, he really plays off instincts, and, uh, you know, he's doing a great job of uh, jumping up in the play offensively. That's a big thing. He's very good at it. He joins the rush all the time, and he's in good position to, uh, you know, on a, on the attack side of things. And like I said, he's he's one of the best, better defensemen in the National Hockey League. Blue line in your own end of defending and, and getting a puck up of your zone
1: coach talking to uh, Braden Shen the other day before the game um, he felt that his line with Schwartz and Robert Thomas could could play better did you feel like they had their perhaps their best game the other night
5: I thought so I thought they're pretty good in Calgary too but I thought their best game was obviously last game against Arizona a lot of good opportunities I thought Robert Thomas's best game of the year was uh, against Arizona too
1: in addition, Jacob Delarose has now played a couple of games with the club. Uh, your thoughts after a few outings for him?
5: Yeah, he's he's done a good job. He's a big guy, gets in the way out there. You know, he can skate, he can do all the things. Like, he, he has the ability to do to do everything, and um, that's what we're seeing. Um, you know, I'd like to see more aggressiveness out of him. Um, he has the ability to score and to make some plays, and we need to get that out of him.
1: All right, Coach, let's talk about about tomorrow night's game against Columbus, a club that you beat in overtime back on November 1st. You were down 3-1 in that game, came back to tie it, and then again won it in overtime. What, uh, what do you take out of that game and what do you expect
5: tomorrow? Um, yeah, they're. I mean, they're a young, aggressive team. They're going to play hard. Uh, you know, they came in our ranked. I thought they were, uh, they were the better team early on in that game. Um, we got down. You know, we got a we got a good power play goal out. Uh, you know, that got us back into the game. Then we obviously tied it up and go into overtime. But uh, I thought that we were. Um, on our heels a little bit early on in that game, they came at us pretty hard. Uh, they're more aggressive than we were. Um, our goalie played well.
1: When you when you play against a John Tortorella coach team, do you expect a club that just plays in straight lines and and, and tries to play a tough game?
5: Well, I don't know about straight lines and a tough game. They move around pretty good. Uh, they got active defense with uh, Jones and Wawrowski. They get up the ice real well. Um, you know they're 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 a good team. Like I said, they got a lot of good young. Talent there, um, you know they they're going to give you a game no matter what. You're going to be in a you're going to be in a game where you got to compete and work. Um, that teams that team's going to compete and they're going to work hard. And
1: finally, coach, the Blues come home after tomorrow's game and host the Anaheim Ducks, a club that's off to a nine-eight-and-two start. You had good success against the Ducks last year. What do you expect Saturday?
5: I haven't seen a whole lot of them, but you know you know they got a lot of guys that have been there. gets laugh obviously and uh Fowler and uh, the goalie Gibson Miller backup goalie they goal tenant solid both of them they 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 do a good job of keeping them in games gets left, still a very good player they got a bunch of young guys and uh, that they're using this year so again you know they're gonna have a lot of energy and they got some good veterans that are still there
0: yeah it's going to be a tough task tonight for the st. Louis Blues uh, John Tortorella, Tort always has his uh, well he's a firecracker so uh, normally his team is fired up and ready to play so uh, Blues will will certainly get the Blue Jackets best tonight, especially after the Blues uh, beat them in overtime just this month. So it's the Blues and Blue Jackets tonight from Nationwide Arena. 6 p.m. Puck drop, 5 o'clock pregame show on 101 ESPN. I'm Dan Betlock. Remember, folks, go see a ball game often. Follow your local teams. It really is fun for the entire family. See you tonight on the Blues broadcast. This has been the Daily Blues podcast for November 15th, 2019.